Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, a kid lit podcast for parents, teachers, and writers. I'm Heather Kaufman Peters. I'm the mother of one teenage boy. I'm a preschool teacher and a writer. And I'm Margie Ozimet, mom to two boys, former middle school teacher, middle uh, homeschooler, oh, new homeschooler, exhausted homeschooler, I should add, and writer. Welcome to the 12th episode of Tulip Mamas. We're flipping the script this time around. So we're going to give you our pick six up front for our holiday gift guide for preschool and primary kiddos. So I'm going to share some of my favorite picture books from 2020. And Margie's going to give you her favorite chapter book suggestions, right? I feel like I should start singing Christmas songs in there. Oh, yeah. We need some jingle bells. Right? Oh, right. We should have. We could have done like a little bit of uh, radio play magic going on. Um, yeah, so we're going to break away from the normal middle grade discussion, which we all know you love. Um, and we're going to give we're going to give some ideas for holiday gifts for younger kids this time around. And then our, our next episode, we'll get back into the older kids, so you can make sure because you know and I know that every child needs books for Christmas and lots of. That's right. We are celebrating the holidays in every way, shape, and form. You pick your holiday. If it happens between like Thanksgiving and I don't know what February. <laughs> Here's your gift guide. That's a good holiday for books. Yeah, it is. Because what are you going to do besides like curl up on the sofa and read books? That's what I think is the most important thing to do on holiday and drink wine. I mean, and drink wine, but I mean, you're drinking wine while you're reading the books. So it all comes together. (laughs) So we're here to help you put together your book lists and make sure you check them twice. And you better order soon because you know, hello, it's 2020. God knows how long it'll take for them to get to you. (laughs) So Marky. Have you been naughty or nice this year? I mean, that one goes without saying. We all know I'm naughty. I'm just not like, that's just such a dumb question because I'm always just like, I feel like it shouldn't be naughty or nice. It should be like surly or acceptable. (laughs) And I'm definitely falling to the surly. Yeah. Just getting by, barely passing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we should move that for 2020. Like no naughty or nice. That madness is done. Is it, are you surly or are you like acceptable at this day and age? Everybody gets a pass fail. (laughs) It's like gym class. (laughs) Yes, I failed 2020 miserably. <laughs> but I don't want to repeat it. No, no, no. We can't no, repeat it. We're we not can't. repeating. We can't repeat it. The 2020 needs to be that teacher that just puts you through because they're done. It's a no child left behind moment. Hello? <laughs> it's totally no child left behind. Just pass us along and we'll figure it out later. Like, we'll right. figure out why I can't add two plus two later. Um, that's the way it works. But I have actually started my Christmas shopping early because I did not. Well, because in the past I've waited, I've been working full time and then I would like sort of try to do it, cram it all in at once. And then everything I want is always gone by the time I'm getting around to doing it. So I thought I would start early and here we are early and yet half of the stuff I need is already gone. So, you know. Yeah. I uh, used to work retail when I was in college. And ever since then, I've had a rule that I get all my holiday shopping done by before Thanksgiving. That's a really good idea. I can't stand it. It's too much to do. try to do it after. I know. My husband is um, sickly fascinated with Black Friday, especially when we first moved back to America. He was like, what is this? And I need to be part of it. And like, that's his holiday because they, there's nothing like it in Turkey. And he would watch, like they used to watch our, you know, like remember the news feeds when all the people would be waiting. Mm-hmm. And like for him to actually be there doing it was just the greatest thing on earth. Last year, he took our older son for the first time. And, and it's like their rite of passage. I have never done it. I can't handle crowds. I don't like to shop that much. I've never done it. But like, 
that is when all the shopping needs to happen. And usually it's just shopping for himself. It's not like he's Christmas shopping. He's usually like, let me get up at midnight and go buy myself a TV. But yeah, so he's like counting it down, ready to go. Because every time I say, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to order this, I'm going to get this, just wait till Black Friday. I'm like, no, that's not how it works anymore. Who knows? We'll see. He was probably going to catch COVID out there on his Black Friday deals, but whatever. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Tell him to hold out for Cyber Monday or whatever it is. Why I do that? Why There are no people. I'm not rushing. There's no pressure. It's the adrenaline rush. And he doesn't even like people either. I don't know why. He doesn't like people. None of us do, but. But he, he likes to get a deal that somebody else didn't get, right? Like he got to it first. Oh, yeah. Right. Because he feels good in like elbowing some 95-year-old lady in, in the <laughs> electronics aisle and, and getting the headphones before, you know, Lorraine got to them or something. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, I'm starting my shopping. I'm on it and I'm going to be done before Thanksgiving. That's a really good goal. Yeah, it's a good goal. Lots of books. Lots of books. And I know I bought so many books just doing the research on this show. I was like, oh, I should read that. Oh, I'm going to get that one. My husband started a fun hobby of gambling on football games. Great. <laughs> Not large amounts, just for fun. And I was teasing him about it yesterday. And he goes, well, with the steady flow of books that have been coming in our door, he's like, you really shouldn't be talking. And I'm like, okay. yeah, that's when you need to just like, okay, choose your battles. That's as your mothers would always say, you know, and like, choose your battles. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to take my books and sit in the corner. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So should we now use our brilliance to tell everybody else what they should go buy? 100%. Yeah. All right. So shall we get started with our pick six? So yes, I've got my little feather quill like Santa and my parchment paper. Oh my God. (laughs) So let's get started. All right. So Heather, since you're in the preschool scene and I am not, I'm in the middle school scene. You are the the one to go to. You're the one who reads the picture books. You know all about them. So tell us, what do you pick? What are you picking for us? Okay. So of course there's thousands and thousands of picture books out there. Every five minutes. And if anyone was ever on a reality show for more than five minutes, suddenly they've written a picture book. (laughs) P.S. Don't buy those. Don't buy those. I just need to say that. That infuriates me. Yes. And don't buy the ones that are attached to some like annoying commercial brand. Right. The Disney princesses. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I didn't exactly follow the rules because you know what? You can't tell me what to do. Because you're a rebel. (laughs) You're a rebel without a clue. God love (laughs) you. You can't tell me what to do. I'm a preschool teacher, man. I'm going to fight the power. Go on. (laughs) I am a rebel without a cause. Anyway, so I have two pick six lists because there are just so many. So I have my six favorite ones that came out in 2020 so far. There's still some coming out, but so I might have missed a few, but these are my favorites so far. And then I'm also going to share my six favorite diverse and multicultural books that came out within the last couple of years. So I'll start with my 2020 books. So these are all books that just came out this year because I know with everything going on, people probably missed (laughs) book launches. Yeah, right. On the other end of it, all the authors I've seen are stressed out because they don't know how to launch their books right now. And it's really hard to reach kids because they're not in school. Yeah, you're not in school. You're not getting to do school book tours, everything. Yeah, it's rough. It's been a hard year. People aren't shopping in stores, you know, to see the displays that have the new books out and stuff like that. So I'm going to 
start with one of my favorites. I just need to stop for a minute because I wish you could see this on video because right now, dear listeners, she's turning to me halfway. She's got the book halfway turned to me like I'm one of the preschoolers <laughs> and she's going to read it to me and then turn ever so slightly so I can see the pictures too because <laughs> I just I just needed you to get the visual on what's happening here. <laughs> Just like I'm one of her preschoolers. Go on, Miss Hehe. Go on. I can't help it. Because when I pick up a picture book. You automatically go right into, yes. Yeah, I go into preschool teacher mode. I can't help it. So, okay. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Kate Mesner's newest book, which I love her picture books. They're so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. The artist is Christopher Silas Neal, and she has a whole collection of these over and under books. The newest one that came out this year is called Over and Under in the Rainforest. It goes through and just kind of talks about things that are up ab- up above in the trees and things are, that are down below in the ground. So some of the other ones she has are up in the garden, down in the dirt, and then over and under the snow, which over and under the snow is one of my favorites. These types of books are so great because they're teaching kids spatial awareness. Um, words like over and under, inside, outside, up and down. What's your age range, would you say, on this? Um, I would say these would probably be three to five. Because it sounds like something awesome like grandma could send or auntie or uncle could send to you know like nieces and nephews or whatever like a whole all three of them or oh yeah and honestly like a two-year-old would probably enjoy it too because it's pretty simple the word there's not too many words on the page to get through but all of these words are so great and for teaching kids spatial awareness which is great for pre-reading pre-writing really all math science all skills yeah everything yeah and they're well done they're gorgeous pictures and also then you're also learning about the locations that she's talking about too besides the spatial awareness so there's the uh, snow scene and the garden and now the rainforest so and there's probably more of these i those were the ones that i have but over and under in the rainforest is the newest one and what was her name again kate messner kate messner and all of this we'll put this in we'll link it in the show notes and then you can also find it on our blog we'll put a full list of all the books that we've recommended we'll we'll put a nice little organized shopping list for you on our blog so just just so you get that the second book i have in my 2020 books is vote for our future by margaret mcnamara and the art is by micah player which the art is amazing so teaching your kids about voting is important because it's basically our one job as citizens is to inform ourselves and vote i can't understand why people don't vote p.s i just need to get that out there like why could you you have one job one job i love it it's my favorite favorite thing to do. I love to go vote. When we lived in Turkey, if you do not go back to the town that you are registered in and you do not vote on election day, you get a 400, I think it was at that point, it was like 400 lira fine. Really? You get fined. Wow. They ink your finger and everything. Well, I mean, I definitely don't think democracy is something anyone should take for granted. No representation is so important. We talk about that in books, but it's so important in democracy. Oh, yeah. Hello. Voting also, though, I think is really important to teach little ones because it helps them develop a sense of self about what they like and what they don't like. Um, We do a lot of voting at the preschool. We set up a little table for when they come in in the mornings and then we put two things down and they have like a little wooden cookie that they use as their vote and they drop it into a bowl. And it just helps them think about, oh, what do I like? Do I like this object or do I like this object? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Color. It could be a shape. We do all different kinds of things. Like we do animals and stuff like that. And I think that's just a great thing to get kids' minds starting to wrap around that what they think is important and what, and thinking about what they want, more aware 
self-aware. Yeah. So, um, and then the second thing about this book is the art is amazing and it's so representative with diverse characters. So this, this book, it's about a school where they're closed for the day and all the kids are guessing why they're closed and it ends up they're closed for election day. And it's so cute. And so it goes through, you know, kind of what's happening at their school during election day and why it's closed. And it's, but the images are bright and bold and beautiful and diverse. I think it's happening more and more now where the diversity is not really the main topic of the book, but it's represented in the art. I think that's a better way. Yeah. It's just realism. Exactly. It's a better way to yeah say it without saying it. I love that. So anyway, that's a super cute book. The next book I have is called On Account of the Gum. And this was written and illustrated by Adam Rex. And you're going to love this one, Margie, because it is hysterical. I should show you this. Oh my gosh. Yes. That looks definitely like something that happens in our house. There's a cover with a little girl that has some crazy things in her hair, starting with gum <laughs> and, and scissors and butter and cat and rabbits and all kinds of crazy things that happen to her. So I, at the beginning of quarantine, had the pleasure of, I attended a virtual seminar and Adam Rex was the guest and he talked about this book. He talked about the process of writing this picture book and it wasn't out yet. And so he just gave us some little snippets of it, but it is hysterical how it builds up. And it's just like a crazy story about this poor kid. Here's a page where it says, your aunt said she knew how to get the gum out from this tip in a book she was reading about in the paper or something. She couldn't say where. The point is, that's why you have grass in your hair. (laughs) So it just keeps building like insane things they're trying to do to get the gum out of the hair. I think funny books are the best way to hold a crowd like as a, as a preschool teacher. Those are the ones that the kids just really love the most. Those and ones that have action in them. I love a rhyming picture book. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a rhyme. Yeah. And that one's really well done. That's the thing about rhyming picture books is you're not supposed to do it unless you can do it well. So yeah, <laughs> but Adam Rex does it very well. Last three books I have are kind of focused on getting outside in nature. Most people have known for a long time it's really helpful for kids to be outside and spending time for their large muscle development and also for their attitude. If there's no walls, there's nothing to bounce off of, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people realize the importance of getting outside this year. Because all of those parents were finally stuck inside with the children that we've been stuck inside with for many years. And they're like, wow, my kids are nuts. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. (laughs) And it makes me sad that there's less time for older kids to be outside playing now too. I mean, with the little ones, we can at least accommodate that. So the next book I have is called The Keeper of Wild Words, written by Brooke Smith and illustrated by Madeline Klepper. Uh, This is a really beautiful book. This will make a great gift. But the whole premise of this book is about, I was going to read you this author's note at the end because it explains why she decided to write this book. So this book was inspired by an article I read that astounded me. The Oxford Junior Dictionary removed over 100 natural words from its pages. They no longer felt these words had relevance for today's children. They were replaced by words such as analog, cautionary tale, chat room, conflict, database, drought, MP3 player, negotiate, vandalism, voicemail. Uh, And then the author 
goes on to just say how this made her angry, but it also inspired her to write this book because she sees art as our way of expressing what we want the world to look like. And so she was writing this story to encourage people to keep hold of words from the natural world. And at the end of the book, there's even a really pretty envelope where you can put words in that you would like to keep from the natural world. And throughout the book, there are highlighted words that have been taken out of the Oxford Junior Dictionary. Give me an example. Um, Words like willow and brook. Really? Yeah. Can you say the name again? It's called The Keeper of Wild Words by Brooke Smith. The next book I had, another fun one about being outdoors. One of my favorite quotes that I like to share with my preschool parents at the beginning of the year is about the weather because I want them to understand that we will be going outside no matter what kind of weather, as long as it's safe, you know, as long as there's not lightning or it's not freezing, like frostbit freezing. We can go out when there's snow on the ground. The quote is, if you choose not to find joy in the snow, you will have less joy in your life, but still the same amount of snow. That's very true. I love that quote. but And I think it applies to rain too, which is why I pulled that quote out to share with you because this next book is called Soaked by Abby Cushman. She illustrated and wrote it. And I just think it's an adorable book basically about how a mud puddle can turn around the attitude of a cranky bear. And it's an adorable book about these animal friends who are out in the rain And it takes the bear falling into a mud puddle and making a huge splash for it to turn his attitude around about it. And so cute. I always take my kids outside. We always play in the rain. I like to be out in the rain. And, you know, we live in New England, so snow is nothing to us. Right. And it is. It doesn't matter. Snow doesn't really stop anything here unless the power lines and the trees go down, which usually happens. But, you know, that's a quick fix. And everybody's got their generator and everybody's got their chainsaw. So it's a total different it's a much different thought process than other places that we've lived because it's just snow, whatever. This year in Indiana, I mean, a lot of the preschools I know are doing all outdoor school because it's safer with COVID. You know, that's just the option this year is to spend all your time outside. So it's kind of pushing, you know, pushing that envelope a little bit more. We need to be outside more. Everybody needs to be outside more. Everybody. Yes. Okay, and then my last one in this pick six, this is a little surprise one for you, Margie. Um, This book is not available in a fancy hardcover like the others for a gift, but I still think it's a fun book. It's about enjoying the forest, and it's by Lisa Furland. Oh, yeah, is that her new one? Yeah, it's called We Walk Through the Forest. It's illustrated by Yana Popova, and you can tell tell them a little bit about Lisa Furland. Um, She's actually an an expat, and we collaborated on um, an anthology together called Knocked Up Abroad. Um, And it's about having babies overseas. That was a few years ago. She's kind of moved into um, more into a lot of children's books. And she had a great one, a Halloween one out last year about learning to tell time. And can you tell us more about this one? So this one's just about uh, a child who's walking through the forest with her dog. I think it's a little girl. It could be a little boy either way. I like the one, the art that's a little ambiguous about the sex of the main character. So it's a movement book, which I like those kind of books for preschool where they're slinking and hopping and doing all these kind of, and singing and doing just fun uh, movement throughout the forest. Yeah. And she's in Sweden with her family, right? Yeah. She lives in Sweden, but she's an American who lives there and she has a unique perspective. So yeah. So this feels very Swedish to me just because of the forest. Yeah. And her kids attend an 
outdoor preschool like that. Yes. They did. I think they're bigger than that. I think they've aged out of that. That's awesome. Yeah. So those are my pick six for 2020. Awesome. You want to give us your diverse ones? And I feel like this is really important because um, whether you live in the middle of the Midwest or you live in, in the middle of the city in the on the East Coast, on the West Coast, whatever, representation, as we say, a thousand times is really huge, but it shouldn't be an issue. It should just be the norm. So I feel like these kind of books should just be in everybody's library. Yes. Boy, girl, whatever. Buy these for anybody. Yeah. Representation obviously matters for the individual kids who see themselves in the books. But I also think it is equally important for kids who aren't around a lot of diversity because the earlier they're exposed to different skin colors, to different different families, different kinds of families, two moms, two dads, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's just the norm. It just becomes the norm. So yeah. So I just, I'll go through these really quick. The first one I have is called Blue Cat by Charlie Eve Ryan. And it's just, this one I would say is for like the really young ones, like two-year-olds. It's just about a cat, a blue cat at the, blue cat's owner is obviously an African-American woman. You don't see her face. You just see her arms and her legs. So again, it's one of those where it's just there. It's not pointed out, which I love. So that is an adorable book. It's really fun. And then another one I liked was, and that one came out in 2019, The Blue Cat. Uh, another 2019 book I like is What I Like Most by Mary Murphy, but it was illustrated by Zhu Shangling. The art is so beautiful in this book. And I like this book too because it's basically about... Well, it's like what I like most. Again, kind of what I was talking about with the voting. We're helping kids become more self-aware about what is important to them and what they like. The character first starts out talking about how she likes her window the most. And then next she goes on, oh, except for Abercat Jam. I like that the most. And then it just keeps building to things that she likes the most. And, um, and the art's really beautiful. Anyway, that's a good one. Where again, where the diversity is in the art, but not necessarily pointed out in the story. And then the rest of them I have is where it focuses more on like multiculturalism and diversity within the actual book. One of those is Fry Bread, a Native American family story. That one's been like everywhere right now, especially over Indigenous Peoples Day and everything that's coming along. There's been so much talk about that book. It's so cute. I highly recommend it. I love the way it's repetitive, which that's really important in picture books. It says Fry bread is food, flour, salt, water, cornmeal, baking powder, perhaps milk, maybe sugar, all mixed together in a bowl. Fry bread is shape. It just keeps going on and the repetition of what fry bread is. At one point it says fry bread is family, fry bread is flavor. And the art in this book is so beautiful and just different from what we're used to seeing character-wise and very diverse. It's gorgeous. Another uh, multicultural book I like is called La Princesa and the Pea. And this one's by Susan Middleton Elia and illustrated by Juan Martinez Neal. So this is sort of a new genre that's happening right now where they're taking fairy tales and making them more multicultural, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So like there's other books like Goldie Luck and the Three Pandas. Um, there's a whole Once Upon a World series where it updates fairy tales and sets them around the world like Rapunzel is set in India and stuff like that. But anyway, I really liked La Princesa and the Pea though because I love the artwork is gorgeous and it's just a fun book. So 
there's a lot of books out there that are celebrating diversity and kind of being comfortable in your skin, specifically for kids of color, like The Day You Begin by Jacqueline Woodson, who's famous for Brown Girl Dreaming. And there's other books like All Because You Matter and stuff like that. But one of my very, very favorite books in that genre is Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. It's written by Derek Barnes and it's illustrated by Gordon C. James. And the artwork is bold and gorgeous and beautiful, but it's basically about going to a barber shop and getting a haircut. I feel the pain of that. I need that one. Yeah. And all the trauma that can come with that for a little kid. Oh my but God. I love the way they handle it because they make it seem like this. It's this amazing, like almost royal experience. It's so cute. The first page says, when it's your turn in the chair, you stand at attention and forget about who you were when you walk through that door. It's just, it's so fun and it just keeps going on and it really celebrates going to the barbershop sort of as a rite of passage and stuff. And it's just a really cool book. Um, and then lastly, in my diverse books is May Among the Stars. And this was written by Rhoda Ahmed and illustrated by St- uh, Stacia Burrington. And with preschoolers, I have to say there are some topics that you just cannot go wrong, like dinosaurs or penguins or farms or trucks. And astronauts is another one. And this is a yeah. book about an astronaut. And I love Mae Jemison. I think she's fascinating. When I was working at the kids' magazines, we did a comic where they go into space and they meet an astronaut. And I made the artist draw the astronaut to look like Mae Jameson because I just think she's fascinating. What's the name of that book again? Called May Among the Stars. Yeah, we read that. Did you? Nugs and I read that. Yeah. Yeah. It says it's for four to eight year olds, but there's a few words on the page. So you could probably read it to younger ones too. But it just talks about her experience as as a child um, dreaming of becoming an astronaut and then following through on that to actually do it. And I think that's a cool story. All right. Those are some good ones. I'm done rambling. I wish I had a little person to buy picture books for a little little person hey you should see my house it's covered in picture books so you can buy them <laughs> I, you can buy them for anybody right that's true that's very true well i only have six but i have like six series actually Ooh, so. cool and each of the series that i have chosen for today um they had a new release in 2019 but most of them are 2020 and most of them had a new release in 2020 and I think all but one are gearing up for another release in 2021. So this is really important in chapter books, because if you find a a series of chapter books that your little nuggets will read, and chapter books are usually geared at somebody from like first grade through third or fourth, depending on the the Lexile level, um, they want to read the next one, and they want the next one, and they want the next one, and the next one. So you can't really find a lot of standalone ones, because chapter books are just getting into reading, so you want to keep going. So that's why I went with this series. And my little nug, my younger son, he is um, just getting into the chapter books. So I skewed all of these into the Lexile level between 450 and 650. Your kids' teachers will be able to tell you their Lexile level if you don't know it. You can go online and test them for it yourself. But you can also look at like age range. That's sort of like end of first grade into the uh, end of third grade. That's sort of that range. So that's what these are. That's probably more teacher talk than you needed to hear. So so these are good books for kids in that grade and that age range. So, um, and again, chapter books are a lot smaller than a middle grade book. They're easier to read. They usually have larger print. They have shorter sentences. Um, they're a little more concise. But they're, it doesn't mean they're bad. <laughs> they're just as awesome. And sometimes they're even more awesome, but they're just a little bit more manageable for a younger, a younger kid. And so, of course, like the classics, we know Magic Treehouse. Um, God bless her. She's still popping them out now. There's two that came out this year. But there's also, you know, Amelia Bedelia, Junie B. Jones, Sink. 
But if we look at those, they're all just a bunch of white kids. And I'm kind of tired of that. So we found some more. And so those are fine. You can find those. They're everywhere. Blah, blah, blah. You can probably even get them at Costco. The chapter books that we're going to talk about today are ones that I think are either a little more exciting, a little more interesting, a little bit there's something different to them. So the first one is Mac B Kid Spy and their series that is uh, by Mac Barnett and illustrated by Matt Lowry. Uh, book number five just came out and it's called The Sound of Danger. The reason I picked this is because they are so fun. And when Nugget was really having a hard time, he was really reluctant. He was having a hard time at school and just really reluctant about reading when he came home. He chose this one because there's tons of illustrations and the illustrations are really funny. And Mac B is a kid spy and he usually works for the queen of England. She usually summons him and um, he, you know, she's very kind. And when Mac gets there, you know, he's like, he's like eight or nine and he flies over in his spy gear and everything. And she usually lets him take one of the corgis to help him out. Oh, I love that. They're just really funny. They're really fun. And um, he's kind of got this James Bond thing on very short, easy to read sentences. The thing that I like about these two for a reluctant reader or a beginning reader is there's a lot of context clues. So for example, on this one page, I might not be able to break down the word hovercraft, but there's a hovercraft picture right below it. So I can kind of like sound through the word and then see the picture and figure out what it is. And context clues are really important for earlier readers like that. So like I said, there's five in that series. That's Mac B Kids Buy by Mac, um, Mac Barnett and the illustrations by Mike Lowry. They're really fun. My second set, I found this one and I just ordered like five of them. Uh, the Mia Mayhem series. And Mia Mayhem is a superhero. And book one is the first one that I just happened to order. And book nine is coming out, or excuse me, just came out uh, last week. And then book 10 is coming out in January. And these are like a hidden, one of those like Amazon hidden gems that I'm pretty sure that they are published independently. And the artwork is Phenom. She's just got this like, she's got this awesome little fro and she's just adorable. And her name is Mia Macaroni. And she's eight years old and she just thought she was really clumsy. And that's why life was kind of hard on her. She, <laughs> she gets stuck in an after school program and she finds out that that actual school program called program in training, the pits <laughs> is actually program in training for superheroes. And the reason she is, she's a clumsy, she's a superhero. She just has to like figure out her powers and she's adorable. Mia Mayhem and the superhero field day just came out. That was book nine and book 10 is Mia Mayhem and the Super Switcheroo. They're really great. They're a lower Lexile level. So they're definitely great for a young reader at just starting out like a first chapter book kind of thing. They're, they're written by Kara West and the illustrations are by Lisa Hernandez. Phenom. Phenom. So cute. So cool. I mean, and who doesn't love a girl superhero? Yeah, it's fun. And it's set at school. I like most of it, like the field day one and stuff like that. That's fun. Yeah. Um, my third series, we read one of these and I think they're absolutely hilarious. And they're the Sam Wu series. And the newest one is called, this is the third book in the series. And I think there's definitely more to come. You can definitely feel like there's more to come. But this one is called Sam Wu is Not Afraid of the Dark. And they are by Katie and Kevin Tsang and illustrated by Nathan Reed. Sam Wu also, <laughs> the first one is Sam Wu is Not Afraid of Sharks and Sam Wu is Not Afraid of Ghosts. So Sam Wu is not afraid of anything, apparently, but he kind of is. So I just want to read this a little bit because this is the little blurb that came with it. Sam Wu is not afraid of the dark, but proving how brave you are is hard work, especially when Sam's about to face his greatest challenge yet. 
a camping trip in the woods with his best friend, Bernard, Bernard's dad, and Sam's super annoying cousin from Hong Kong. <laughs> so I think it's really fun. I am a sucker, obviously. I am a sucker for any kind of book that's intercultural. Mm-hmm. Anybody, if you bring in a cousin from, you know, like that crazy cousin from overseas, and you have the dad with an accent or the mom that doesn't understand the culture, I'm in. That's my life. That's totally 100% my life. And I really can relate to it. But I love seeing books like that. I love books that are just sort of off the beaten path. And um, I like Sam Wu. He's adorable. You should see the drawings. He's cute. Speaking of, I just have to take a little break and tell you the story I forgot to tell you earlier. Okay. So today, my son, um, my younger son, because of his hearing and everything else, he does speech therapy. And his speech therapist today was talking about, we're trying to fix some problems that he's got and stuff. And he was like explaining something and he used this example. (laughs) This example was, well, one time I worked with this French teacher and she came and asked me if I had a book on Helenka Lair. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you know what she was asking me? Because that's the problem. Like if you don't have the right emphasis and stuff, it's hard to tell. And I was like, yeah, she wanted a book on Helen Keller. And he was like, no one's ever gotten that. And I said, I have been married to a foreigner for 15 years. I said, this is like a day in our life, honey. I said, I think that might be why your son is having the problems he has too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When you add in that extra, you know, kid, he's got two parents that speak different languages with totally different intonations and accents and everything else. He's hearing two languages all the time. And then he's only hearing from one ear. He's a hot mess. So Helene Kaler is a very wonderful <laughs> individual. Or Helen Keller. He thought it was a genius, but I was like, no, it's just what you get used to when you have that bicultural family. My next series is called the Pocket Pirate series. Oh, that sounds fun. They're cute. This is a great premise. And I picked this one up on our last trip. The next two books I picked up on our last trip to the um, un- Unlikely Story. I mean, I feel like they should start giving us a kickback. I plugged them so much on this. <laughs> But the Unlikely Story Bookstore in Plainfield, Massachusetts, they always have what's new. And this was one of the, actually one of the guys there had suggested this because I said, I want something new in the chapter books that's a little more exciting. This has really great illustrations and very um, detailed illustrations that look more like something you'd see in a picture book than in a chapter book. This book is a little higher. It's like a 700 Lexile. It's a little bit harder. So maybe like a third grader versus sort of a beginning reader in, in uh, later first or second grade. So these pirates were on a ship that's in a bottle, right? And they got out, the, the bottle's cork came out, right? You got a ship in a bottle, then there's pirates on it, but the cork came out and the pirates escaped, but they're only two and a half inches tall, thus they're pocket pirates. So the pocket pirates now run all over the junk store when no one's around and they get into all kinds of adventures because they're not going back in the ship in the bottle. Hello. But what a brilliant premise, right? Like what a brilliant premise that the little ship in the bottle had pirates on it when they closed it up. Who knew? So the first one in that series, there are four currently in that series. And again, I think there's probably more to come. The first one was the Great Cheese Escape. And that's when they have to they have to battle. The pocket pirates are going up against the mice in the junk store because they stole their cheese. Like the, the mice stole the pirate's cheese. And the only way to get it back is to go into the Forever Arctic, aka the refrigerator. So it's pretty funny. It's really cute. And then they have the Great Drain Escape, the Great Fly Trap Disaster, and the Great Treasure Hunt so far. So the Great Treasure Hunt is the one that just came out, but any of them are really fun. That sounds fun. The illustrations are absolutely adorable. Really, really fun. Kind of gives you that, um, kind of feels like the witches. 
Oh my God, who wrote The Witches? Roald Dahl. Dahl. Yeah, of course. The illustrations are very reminiscent of that. So I, I love that. On that same shopping trip, I got us started on a new one and it's called the Bigfoot Littlefoot series. Mm. I'm a sucker for a Sasquatch book. You give me a Sasquatch anywhere and I'm all in all the time. So this is a Sasquatch chapter book series. It's pretty good. I mean, I feel like it's pretty on right in that middle lexile, like right around second and third graders could do a pretty good job getting through it. Hugo's a Sasquatch and he really wants to meet a human. He's in like basically the equivalent of elementary school for Sasquatches. And they, you know, they do their recess in one of their gym class, like their gym class, they're hiding, they're learning how to hide because you can never be seen by humans. And Hugo happens to see this human, Boone, and Boone makes him giggle. And then he blows his cover. Then, of course, Hugo gets back to Sasquatch school. He gets in trouble with the Sasquatch principal. Oh, what a nightmare. But he ends up finding Boone eventually and they become friends and then they go on adventures. And there are four books so far, but I believe there's a fifth one on its way out. Um, there's Bigfoot and Littlefoot, the monster detectives, the Sasquatch uh, adventures. So there's, they're fun. They're really fun. And there's something that he can read on his own. They can read on their own um, in that sort of age range. The last one is something that I'm ordering for my kids. And I feel like I should probably order them for you. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you ever saw the book Nighttime Stories for Rebel Girls. Yes, yes. So now they've morphed it into a series <gasps> of chapter books. No and way. you can get it at rebelgirls.com. The only thing that bothered me is that it's not like there's no author listed. Well, some books are written by committee, chapter books. They are. I think these are. And I think they're just sort of more historical. So they didn't really give you that. But so far, there are um, five of them. Alicia Alonzo takes the stage about the first visually impaired prima ballerina. Um, and these are all chapter books. I did look at them though. And again, I would put them in with like the pocket pirates. They're a little on the higher end of the chapter book. They're probably closer to like a 700, 750 Lexile. So it's a little bit harder. Madam CJ Walker builds a business, which is of course, she's the first black female entrepreneur. Indianapolis represent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Wangari Mati plants a forest is one of those. And she, that's about a Nobel winning activist and environmentalist in Africa. Junko Tabi masters a mountain. And that's the first woman to climb Everest and Ada Lovelace cracks the code and she's the mother of coding obviously yeah and the STEM pioneer. So those are phenom, just PS. And I saw that and I was like, yeah, my boys are getting those. Mm -hmm. Because they're chapter books. They're also very empowering. You know, you can get a lot of great information on them. And, you know, years ago when I taught in science in Indianapolis, we had a, we used to do like every, every month we did a Friday where we would work on women in science and we would concentrate on women in science and we had games and really just to teach the kids that, you know, like there were a lot of women in science, <laughs> even though they just don't get any play for that. And my younger son became obsessed with just learning about women in science. And he just thinks that it's phenomenal. So he's going to love those books. And I think they're really interesting books. They look great. I think it's so badly needed. Speaking of representation, we need to see women in history. We need women's history books. Yeah. And there they are. Look at my feminist flag wave. Burn that bra. I know, right? Ugh. Well, I have to say too, I hear this all the time as a teacher. And like I've heard librarians say this, that boys don't like to read books with the female main character. And it it's is so a not true. Bunch of hogwash. That is not true. I think that is something that adults have been putting on kids for a long time because yeah. they don't want their boys to not seem masculine or whatever. It's so ridiculous. Even parents today will be surprised when their boy likes a story that has a girl main character. And 
It's just stupid. Get over it. If the story is entertaining, it's good for a girl or a boy. It doesn't matter. My son's two very favorite stories when he was like 10 were Girl Who Went to City and uh, Running Out of Time. And both of those had female protagonists. Yeah. They don't care. They just don't care. They don't don't care. care. And when you, you know, when you go into the classroom, you see, uh, or you get the scholastic order here, here's 500 books about white kids or white people and here are the chapter books that you're given well how about something better right we can do better there's so much better out there give me some girls give me some you know some tough girls some multicultural some diversity yeah yeah it's happening chapter books are slow to catch up though speaking of that i i mentioned earlier when we were talking about enola holmes the movie that's out on netflix there's also a series of books um that are kind of that are middle grade oh my gosh they are so so good so good. The movie is so good. Your boys would love that movie. They should watch oh, it. Yeah. It's just basically about the little sister of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, they would love that. Okay. Yeah. And she was raised to be a detective, much like her famous brother. And she has her own adventures. And it's amazing. The movie was so well done. And the books are adorable. So yeah. Anyway, plug for Enola Holmes. So we got lots for you. We got lots of shopping. I mean, I feel like we've given you all you need. All you need to do now is just go order them and you'll be good to go. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. We did your Christmas shopping for you, but we've got more, right? Yes. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to tell you some better places. I don't know that they're better. I can't say they're better. How could they be better than us? They don't have our charm. (laughs) They don't have our sass, our surliness, our highly opinionated (laughs) thoughts, our witty banter. They don't have any of that that. like we have, but they're awesome. So they're good places to go find books. Yes. We'll give you some additional resources, but you should come to us first. (laughs) Right. For the witty banter. (laughs) All right. Be right back. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Margie, you and I like often find a lot of the book recommendations that we talk about on here from the plethora of book bloggers that exist online. So can you tell me some of your favorites that we could share with people? So if they're looking for more book recommendations, they can find them. Yes, for sure. Um, I love one of my favorite ones that I had even as I was when I was teaching um, was Imagination Soup at ImaginationSoup.net. Um, and that's Melissa Taylor. And she is a former teacher. She's got great lists. She's got great background info on the books. Um, And if you sign up for her, her mailing list, you get just a nugget a week. You don't get like, like, that's what I hate about it. Sometimes you sign up to this mailing list and every two days you get an email and I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then I end up getting rid of them. No, no, not at Imagination Soup. You just get like one nice, well-structured email a week and that's all you need. Um, So that's Imagination Soup. Um, My second one is, uh, and I I apologize in advance because I'm going to screw this up, but uh, Aforma Umesi. And she's got a blog titled All My Beautiful Things. I love this one because it's a really great place to find books that are not just run-of-the-mill. Like you can find a lot of diverse characters, a lot of non-white characters, a lot of non-conforming characters. Um, if you're looking for representation, which is, as we said, that's our that's our catchphrase, that's a great place to look. And it's um, umessi.com. And that's all my beautiful things. It's a great resource. It's really, she's got cutting edge choices. She knows what she's talking about. It's a really, it's a great, a great little website. And my last one is um, Colby Sharp. 
and we talked about him before. We like him. He does great little videos. He does a great um, list. And then he was the editor of the Creativity Project that we did a few uh, a few episodes ago. But he's got a um, he's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. He's got a blog, all that kind of stuff. But the best way to to get information from his is on his YouTube channel. And his YouTube channel is just Colby Sharp. They're short little snippets. He takes you through his classroom. He's a writer. He's a teacher. He's um, he's just really knowledgeable. He interviews authors. He does like one question with um, Colby Sharp or five minutes with Colby Sharp, whatever it is. And um, he's 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 a great resource, especially for middle grade. So those are uh, I want to point out the Imagination Soup, the first one I mentioned. Mm-hmm. She does picture books, chapter books. Um, middle grade, YA, everything is on there. Um, the middle, all my beautiful things tends to be more middle grade and um, YA. And then Mr. Sharp, Colby Sharp is on, um, he's more middle grade. So those are my three. What you got, girl? All right. Well, my first one is called Avery and Augustine. And that's at AveryandAugustine.com. And it's an educational site, but run by Michelle Sterling. She's a writer and a photographer. And she has the best taste in picture books. It's mostly picture books on her blog, um, but she takes pictures of them and then gives you like a little summary and why, why she likes it. But so there, so of course, because she's a designer photographer kind of person, the books she chooses are beautiful, like so beautiful. So I like to go to her when I'm looking for new picture books. And usually she does like brand new stuff that's coming out. So Anyway, I highly recommend Avery and Augustine. She's on Facebook and also has a website. I just follow her on Facebook. So I get whatever new book she posts that I can just look at it really quick. You see the pictures right away. So you know if you're going to like it and then just read a little summary about it and then I go find it. And then uh, another one is Mixed Up Files of Middle Grade Authors. I know you follow them too, don't you, Margie? Yeah. So they have a website at fromthemixedupfiles.com, but it's about 30 middle grade authors that got together to create this place on the web to kind of celebrate all things middle grade. They promote books, they do interviews, they have all kinds of lists. So yeah, there's a lot of information there. Again, I follow them on Facebook and I just get their updates. The last one I wanted to share is called KidLit411. And this one's geared a little bit more towards writers because they get they share a lot of resources, industry insight, advice, but they also promote new books that are coming out and highlight new illustrators. So that's also a great place to find information. And they're at KidLit411. 411.com. And then they also do a, a newsletter called the weekly 411, which I like to get that because it's helpful information. Do you get that in your um, inbox, in your email? Yeah, I get it in my email. They post it on Facebook also. So it focuses on new books and then it kind of gives you the author stuff towards the end. So if you were just looking at it for books, you'd still get great information. So, And those were my three blog resources I like to go to. And also, if you're looking for specific topics like the multicultural fair fairy tales. Just search for that kind of stuff and you'll find top. Yeah. I think people get paralyzed. There's so much out there that people are like, oh, I don't know. Especially people that don't work in the business, aren't in education and aren't constantly, even people in education. I remember like mentioning books to people and they'd be like, I had never heard of that book. So I feel like if you're not really into the the world of kid lit, it's a little intimidating and there's a lot out there, but it's awesome. There are so many lists out there too that that's another great 
thing I like to do is just enter in whatever I'm searching for and look for a list of like 20 of the yeah. best, whatever, and then go through it and see if there's anything I like. But yeah. So you don't have to just go to the scholastic order anymore, kids. Mm-mm. There's so many great choices out there. You don't have to wait for it to come home in your backpack. Yeah, especially shopping for the holidays. Another thing too, I mean, when shopping for the holidays, I recommend is going to your local bookstore because those people are oh, so yeah. crazy knowledgeable. And if they don't have it in stock, they can get it for you. And that way you can support your local bookstores. Yeah. And like when we went, uh, when, you know, when we found the pocket pirates and the um, Bigfoot Littlefoot, that's what he got. That guy just talked to my son and he's like, what do you like? Let's look at our options. Oh, yeah. My bookstore that I have near me, I love them. I've called them so many times when I'm on my way to a kid's birthday party and said, this is the age. This is their interests. Put something together for me. I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. Those kind of people are amazing. They know exactly what they're doing. They've seen every book that's out there. And bookstores are magical places. They are. They're a place where you can like just get away from 2020. That's what I do there. That's for sure. All right. All right. Well, there we go. So next time on our next episode, we're going to be getting ready for the middle grade. So we'll give you that was for your little kids. Stay tuned. Next episode is for your big kids. We'll do upper and lower middle graders. So we got you covered either way. Well, thanks for listening to Two Lit Mamas. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at twolitmamas.com, T-W-O-L-I-T-M-A-M-A-S.com where you can sign up to follow our blog. Or we're all also on Facebook, which is ugh, the bane of my existence right now. I don't even go on there half the time because it makes me angry. Um, under Tulip Mama's podcast and on the Instagram, which is much more fun. Um, <laughs> under Tulip Mama's podcast. And if you want to join us twice a month for kidlet discussions, please subscribe to our podcast through any of the places you get your podcasts. Oh, and if you like us, please give us a review. If you don't like us, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> if you don't like us, don't give us a review, but you can just send us a, a harshly worded email, which we will not respond to. <laughs> or we'll, oh, better yet, I will respond back. <laughs> oh, with my poison pen. No, you don't have to love us, but you can't be mean to That's us. Right. That's what my mother always said. You don't have to love people, but you can't be mean to them. All right. Well, there you go. Happy holidays, part one. Happy holidays. Bye.